Talk Live. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now this recording is from our Cloud Talk Live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. Well, good morning again, everyone. I am Jeff Deverter, Chief Technology Evangelist here at Rackspace Technology. And hey, we're back for another uh, another Cloud Talk Live here, uh, live across all the platforms. And uh, again, a super interesting show ahead for you. Now, I'm going to tease you with something here, and that number it's a number, and the number is 99%. We're going to find out what that number actually means here shortly. But in the meantime, I'd love for you to, of course, introduce yourselves. You've seen it come across the lower third. Uh, I would love to know who you are, where you are, and get your, your security questions together, your infrastructure as code in, in baking in security questions uh, because that's our topic today, folks. But if you want to get a hold of us, you want to send some feedback, you've got an idea, maybe you want to be a guest on the show, send a note over to solve at rackspace.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Poland's back. Poland, uh, uh, Jolanta, you are a regular now. If I had a t-shirt that said Cloud Talk Live, I'd send it to you, but I don't, so I can't. Minneapolis is here. Uh, I hope it's warm and warming up in Minneapolis. And we've got India present today. That's exciting. Um, well, lots of folks coming in from India. Isn't that great? Everyone, um, so we are going to get into the show. The show is uh, our normal format. We are going to uh, have a guest in here shortly. We're going to talk about news from the cloud. We're going to talk about updates from cloud providers, and that's super exciting. So, uh, hey, we have someone in here from Chile today. Isn't that fun? And uh, Gabriel is here. Uh, he is from Philadelphia. Oh, a, pro- a program manager uh, over at, at IBM. So that's pretty exciting. And, uh, and Daniel's best friend. Nice. Daniel, the producer, has a friend. And uh, uh, ooh, we got a nil from India. We've got Santa Fe is here. Bruce, boy, all the gang is here. So glad to have you here. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start to get into this a little bit. Why don't we? And uh, it starts with letting you know, of course, that this is episode 112. Love these triple digits. And uh, we, we crowned, uh, I guess, about three or four weeks ago is when we made it into triple digits. But if you want to get any information about what we share today, uh, you can find that over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 112 or 112 as we know it. And uh, what you will not see there is anything sales related. This is all part of Rackspace's thought leadership, us giving back information to the world. And yet, Yes, you Indians do love your tech, and we're glad that you do. We have so many of you that work here at Rackspace, and we love you. So um, if you want to learn anything more about the episode today, you can find it over there. You'll also, later today, be able to find the audio from this episode, as well as this audio will go out on the Cloud Talk podcast stream. Speaking of the Cloud Talk podcast stream, tomorrow we have an amazing 
uh, episode that comes out about, well, product security. And it is Rob Jackson. We get into more things security. This is Security Week, it seems. Megan's here from San Antonio. Welcome, Megan. Haven't talked to you in like hours. And, uh, and so I recommend, if you haven't already subscribed to Cloud Talk, that you go and do that. It can be found anywhere podcasts are found. In fact, we some places where they're not found, you can find Cloud Talk. I don't know what that means, but it sounded clever in my head. Hey, as a reminder, um, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency here in the U.S. still has the Shields Up warning, which means you've got to be extra careful. We're not going to get into the details of that, but if you want to learn about it, head over to um, uh, 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 CISA.gov slash Shields hyphen up, and you will learn all about that. Now, as I mentioned, we're talking about security today, and I've got a couple of great guests. We've got uh, Akash Shaw. He is the co-founder and CTO of a company called Oak9. We're going to learn where that name came from today, as well as Gary Alterson, no stranger to the program. He leads our security services here at Rackspace, and uh, and as always, a great uh, pleasure to have on the program. So with that, Daniel. Let's bring the gang up to the stage. Akash, welcome. This is your first time on Cloud Talk Live. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and Gary, of course, you're always welcome here and glad that you have made it back. Nice to see you again, Jeff. And of course, shocked as we were visiting before that uh, that Chicago is about to see sn- potentially snow again. Winter uh, our, is our, end for you guys. Our fake spring continues. Yeah, you're going to go straight from snow to humid and 95 degrees, I think. Yep. Well, uh, our topic today is getting into uh, all things infrastructure as code and security as infrastructure as code. That's that's the the space that Oak9 plays in. But I think it's important that we also talk a little bit about you know, the, 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 the landscape of what's happening inside security. I teased earlier the, a, a number, that number is 99%. And that comes from a chat that Akash and I were having uh, earlier. Akash, what does 99% mean? So it's a statistic that Gartner has where where essentially what they're predicting is in the next five years, right, all of the cloud security incidents that we'll see, 99% of them will be caused by customers, uh, preventable causes that customers of cloud services could have prevented by properly configuring uh, cloud configurations and designing security into their cloud applications. So what you're saying here is it's not the bad guy's fault. Al, ultimately, we've let we're leaving the front door unlocked. Yeah, there there are there are a lot of challenges today in the industry, which is basic security hygiene in the cloud. But yeah. even beyond that, just you know, understanding security in the cloud and, and dealing with some of the complexities that cloud brings is still uh, a challenge for most companies that I work with. Well, and and it's really not anything that's unique to the cloud either. I mean, the front door has been left open. That front door has been open on-prem and it's being left open in the cloud as well. So it's it's still not even anything that's unique to the cloud. It's just bad behavior. Yeah, some of it. I think, I think what's unique about the cloud is cloud brings a certain scale and complexity. Okay. And also, right, just a new technology that as an industry, right, we we don't quite understand it as well. Yeah. And so practitioners really have a hard time, um, you know, keeping up with development that's happening in the cloud and really, um, you know, managing that added surface area that cloud brings to an organization. That's right. So Gary, this is something you think about literally all day and probably all night because you don't sleep because you're serving 
a globe. Uh, and, but but this is, these are some of the problems that you're working to help solve here at Rackspace. And, and not that this is a commercial for Rackspace, but we solve this at a pretty large uh, level when you think about the number of customers we serve. So, so what are some of the things that you're seeing, Gary, as far as you know, maybe some common attack points or problems or things that folks are leaving, those doors that they're leaving open? What are some of those patterns that are, that are causing problems? Yeah, and, and it really is more leaving doors open uh, mm-hmm. uh, and mis what, what you know, misconfiguration, right? Any anywhere from uh, not restricting not restricting access either from mm-hmm. a network level or at the platform level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see a lot of S three buckets that just end up open to the internet, kind of thing. Um, That's right that uh, happens quite a bit. Uh, and, and that's either misconfiguration or I haven't configured something I should have configured, right? Um, on, on top of that, you've got things just like basic, you know, if I'm deploying uh, even VMs uh, uh, via code, uh, making sure that those VMs are appropriately hardened, uh, uh, et cetera. And then on top of it, things like managing secrets appropriately in code, uh, uh, managing identities appropriately in code, et cetera. So, you know, a, a whole wide range of issues. Um, and, and in general, what we're hearing from customers is as they're shifting towards DevOps, you know, uh, um, they're having trouble, you know, sort of three, three areas they're having trouble in. One is making sure that the developers uh, who are starting to write the, yeah. the, the code to manage the infrastructure versus be, being managed hand, uh, hands-on by a separate infrastructure team, making right. sure that those developers are doing the right thing, either uh, depending on the security guy, either helping the developers do the right thing or making the developers do the right thing. Uh, um, you've also got those security teams helping validate that the developers do the right thing, you know, both in code. And then once that code is deployed, making sure that that code that that infrastructure doesn't start to drift because somebody does come in after it's deployed and do something manually or, or, or right. change something. And then finally, um, you know, there's how do I attest to compliance, right? Uh, mm. You've got auditors coming in who will never understand code, right? They're used to looking at a diagram and going, this is how my this is how the network should work and behave. Now that that's encoded in code, they, they don't understand that. So then how do you help those uh, uh, examiners and auditors understand really what the behavior is, what's configured, and validate for them that it's it's configured as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so real quick, I, I want to follow up on that, but. Um... Hey, we got a, a JP is just saying hi to everybody. So we got to say hi back to JP. So JP, thanks for joining in. And Malaysia's here. I'm not sure if we've had Malaysia before. So I'm so glad that you've joined up. And uh, Arshad, thank you. Hey, how are you guys? I mean, I just called your name out, JP and, and others. How are you addressing the infrastructure as code, um, code deployments and ensuring that they are as secure as possible? Because if I dig back into what Gary's just saying here, you know, I am... Um, yeah, I, I quote all the time that the cloud is effectively more secure than on-prem for a lot of different reasons. But what you're actually calling out here is super important, and that is the fact that we're taking in potentially taking folks who are used to doing things in the infrastructure team by hand and now in some cases turning them into coders. In other cases, we're taking coders and turning them into infrastructure people. So it's there, you know, we we say that 99% of these issues could be could be remediated. 
which is very true. And it's not like somebody is going and purposely unlocking the door, but there are some new muscles to be flexed here um, uh, and, and, and figured out. And I think that that probably plays into it in a, in a pretty significant way. So, uh, so, so let's, uh, well, first of all, Clark Kent's here. So Clark, glad you're here. Um, our, one of our, our regulars here from San Antonio, which is always good. Um, but let's get into some more about Oak Nine. Uh, I love the name. Uh, and I think we, we were chatted about this before, but maybe tell, tell the audience where it comes from, because now it's time to give them some solution. We painted a very dire picture. There are 99% of issues can be, can be remediated and should be remediated. Um, but, uh, and there's some new scary, yeah, not scary tools. There's, there's new muscles to be flexed here, but there's also really a, a, a very real problem. And the real problem of all of those lines of code to deploy the infrastructure, it's a lot of lines of code. And when you get past 3,000 or so, a lot of cases in any system, you get to a point of, of challenge. But let's let's build that from the beginning, um, uh, uh, Akash. Yeah. Where did it come from? Where did Oak9 come from? Yeah. So um, I'll talk about the name first. Uh, you know, when we were building the company, we wanted a name that was just short and sweet, roll off the tr- tongue. We wanted something that signified strength of security, rigor of security, and hence oak tree. And we really loved oak trees for for a number of reasons. One is, you know, we were trying to build something that outlasted us. And oak trees were a great symbol of that. Uh, We love, you know, the fact that trees have patterns. and, And a lot of our focus, and we'll get into this, right, is building security design patterns as code. And so, so that kind of matched up really well. And then we wanted to tie it to cloud. And so cloud nine, which is a state of euphoria. Um, so we pulled the nine from there and then hence Oak nine. And here we are. I love it. How long has Oak nine been around? We've been around officially for uh, two years now. We've been uh, building the company for almost four years. Um, and yeah, we're Chicago based and we're growing and starting to see a ton of traction. All right. That's fantastic. So we've, we've done a lot to paint a dire picture. How's Oak Nine helping to, uh, the world to solve that? Yeah. So, you know, the way we are approaching the problem is we fundamentally believe that security and compliance should be designed into these applications as you're building them. And, and the way we're approaching it is we've built an automation platform that is really focused on that developer to make life easier for the developer as they're building these cloud native applications. And so we want to, we're trying to engage that developer as early in the development lifecycle as possible. As they're writing that infrastructure as code, what we are doing is we're ingesting that infrastructure as code. And, and one of the things to note today, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but like today what's happening is as more and more cloud native applications are being represented in infrastructure as code, that infrastructure as code is a codified view of that application architecture that is being deployed. And what's fundamentally different today, and we were talking about kind of what changes, right, with the surface area and the complexity that cloud brings, is when you represent these architectures as code, they're no longer static, they're dynamic, they're changing from day to day, from sprint to sprint. And that's the problem that security teams have today because one, they don't have expertise in infrastructure as code languages always. And the second is, changes are happening so fast and they're so fundamental changes that it's impossible for them to keep up and actually assess these changes from a security standpoint. So what we're doing is as we ingest that infrastructure as code, we build this rich meta model of that entire application architecture and the environment that it sits in. So we ask a handful of questions to understand the business context around that application. What is this actually doing? What business use case is this actually solving? What are the compliance and regulatory needs that this application has? And then we have 
our security as code that dynamically creates a security design for that application architecture at the point in time that we're validating it so that we can measure it against best practices. We can provide feedback back to the developer within the, their own workflows. And the idea is, you know, if there's a technical audience here, so I'll, I'll get technical a bit, right? We create PRs for that developer. So within their actual workflow, we'll actually create change requests to say, hey, here's the changes we wanna to make to your code to make sure that your security and compliance requirements are met. And this way we can ensure that what's coming out of their pipelines at the end of the day is meeting their security and compliance requirements from the get-go. That's incredible, um, you know, because what you've done is, if we, th we think about it, we, we look at the marketing side of the cloud, look at all the flexibility, look at all of the clouds, look at the way to address every aspect of that cloud through code. Isn't that great? Well, yes, it is great, but it breaks every model of security and compliance that organizations have spent literally decades putting yep. together. So you've taken that and you figured a way to solve that with, with, um, with software, which is, which is incredible. So how, how um, automated does that get? How, how, is, it, is it an alerting function? Is it a, I'm gonna change it live function? Or is that a tunable feature? Yeah, it's, it's entirely flexible. What, what my team does is we actually build these, you know, security as code, we call them blueprints, but think of these as reference architectures as code. And so we're building these best practices. And then what we're able to do is when we assess application architectures against the best practices that they should be following, we're, we're creating those pull requests literally within that developer's workflow so that what they're seeing is I'm working on a branch of code. Immediately as I commit code, I'm getting updates saying, hey, here's some changes that you should make to meet this particular security requirement. And requirement by requirement, I as a developer can decide, hey, this is important to me. I understand my application. Yes, data at rest encryption is important. Here's 50 lines of code change that I'll accept because I know I need to protect this information because maybe it's you know sensitive healthcare information that I know needs to be protected. And so just by you know reviewing the changes that we're proposing, clicking accept, we can fundamentally transform that application architecture through automation. And and developers, you know, the feedback that we're getting from developers has just been amazing. Um, that's amazing. So, Gary, this type of transformation, as you know, uh, you've lived it uh, personally, and now you help direct it here. It's challenging, and uh, you know, from uh, from a you know, I'm, I'm a technologist, but I'm not a deep security person. But it seems like this is really solving a problem that exists out there. In fact, one that I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize exists. I mean, we think about our folks who can who can take and you know, deploy and manage infrastructure. We got our coders, but now we're integrating security as a tool directly inside of that. You know, this is uh, some thoughts about that, Gary. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing about this approach is that we've always had a problem in security with reaching and educating developers, keeping developers up to date with all the latest uh, um, patterns, requirements, uh, you know, how you should do things security, right? Um, is that that hasn't changed, we're gonna call it, since we went to cloud. In fact, it's gotten worse because if you look at the pace with which the hyperscalers are building and deploying new services that developers can take advantage of, um, it's really, really hard for a team to stay educated. So being able to help those developers uh, understand what they need to do and, and actually show them it in code is, is like a, a really neat approach to solving the problem. Yeah. 
there's a question from Goodwin asking about uh, DAST, uh, Akash. Yeah. So, so our focus is really, you know, the cloud native application architecture. Mm-hmm. And and typically, right when when um, Goodwin, what I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about, like you know, DAST for application code. And what we found is that you know, there's a lot of really good vendors in the application code space. And so, we, you know, we wanted to build something that was complementary to that, but really kind of covered the foundation. So in a way, right, what we're doing is DAST for infrastructure as code. So as infrastructure as code is changing, we're able to dynamically apply, you know updated security designs to that application as the application architecture is evolving. So your business requirements changed, your security requirements changed, your threat landscape changed. As your application architecture changes, each time you make a change, we're reassessing that against, well, okay, given that now you're dealing with sensitive data and your customer requirement changed, what is the right design that you should be following? And then we'll just update your design through automation to make sure that it meets the requirements for that particular customer requirement. Yeah, awesome. So here's what I love about it. I love the fact is we think about this time of transformation and we rewind the clock a good 15 years or so. And, you know, we had our infrastructure team, we had our coders, and then we had a security team over here, but but everybody had their place in the pipeline. And what we're, and, and it's not just that we're taking security from the end and bringing it to the front, we're bringing it all into a cohesive life cycle. Uh, where one feeds off the other. So as infrastructure changes, it is compared to the latest standards uh, that, that, are, that are expected from, you know, whatever industry they're in on the security side of the house, the latest capabilities that exist that can be enabled inside of their cloud yep. of choice. So it's that whole integration of the life cycle into something more cohesive uh, and cyclical as opposed to something that's linear. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Akash, you know, if if I were a coder and we're deploying code all the time, I'd be wanting to know where to scamper off to get a demo of your uh, of the tool set. So I assume I would just head over to um, uh, oak9.io. Yeah. Come come to our website, you know, ask for a demo, sign up and, um, you know, see it for yourself. There you go. There's some great demos and and videos there on the page as well on the site. So go check those things out. Uh, Any closing thoughts that you might have, Gary, on encouraging folks to think about this stuff more holistically or or ways of going about it? Yeah, I think as you transition the management of infrastructure from, you know, an infrastructure team that's used to dealing with static infrastructure to dynamic infrastructure, uh, essentially instantiated in code, you, you know, my closing thought is, you have to then become develop a lot more developer friendly and find ways to work as developers work. Um, and that's sort of the, just the critical bottom line of applying, being able to apply security in cloud native uh, operating models. That's right. Akash, last thoughts. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll piggyback off of that, right? Like, like fundamentally, I think security organizations need to recognize that they need to transform to keep up with the shift that's happening and and really focus on democratizing security for developers fitting into how developers uh, work on a day-to-day basis and in establishing those guardrails that allow developers to continue with the velocity and the agility that they want to move with but giving them you know and empowering them with with the right tools to then help them bake security in uh, you know, I, I, I've never met a developer that doesn't care about security. 
but it's never their priority. They're never incentivized to focus on security. And if we can, you know, help them, you know, if we can make security easier for them, if we can make, you know, the secure design, the easy choice versus the hard choice, yeah. then they'll adopt security and and we'll we'll see you know we'll see a change in the industry where more and more of these applications now have security and compliance really baked in from the beginning yeah nobody no no developer wants to write insecure code they don't want to have to rewrite code doing the great security so with tools like this they can do it in real time as they do their work which is fantastic yeah. hey uh, so a last question here that we'll, we'll grab and we really have about 30 seconds but uh any thoughts around ide plugins for devs doing iac Oh, I, I love that question. We we have some some great plans for for you know IntelliSense based approaches here. Really, you know the 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 core idea here is, you know, as a developer, I want to focus on the functional capabilities of the product that I'm trying to build, right? And and if my security team can you know kind of enable me through automation and and help me address all of the security considerations there then that's what I would love, right? So imagine that you're you know you're building. Um, a new application architecture, updating an application architecture, and security is just automatically being fed in to you as you're as you're writing code. That's that's where we're going. So yes, super excited about that. That's awesome. All right, Gary Akash, thank you so much for being on the program today. This has been fantastic. I'll let you guys sneak backstage as we finish things out over here. But uh, but thanks again for being a part of it. And uh, and Akash, of course, thanks for your partnership. Over yeah, Workspace. thank you. Thanks thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, folks, um, that gets us through the, the first section here, but there's still more to come. But if you want to uh, hear more from uh, great folks like this inside of uh, the Cloud Talk stream, you're going to need to subscribe. So go find anywhere you can find Cloud Talk or find podcasts and subscribe to Cloud Talk or just head over to rackspace.com slash solve slash one, one, two, no sales there. All right, let's press on everyone. Uh, we've gotten through the discussion. That means we're heading off to this week in cloud. And this week in cloud means that we're going to uh, get into what uh, updates are coming from the, uh, what news is happening inside of uh, the out in the world that has to do with cloud and why does it matter to you? And our first bit of news comes from Boeing. I don't know if you saw this earlier this week. If you're following me on LinkedIn, you would have seen that I did post and had a great discussion online with some folks about this. And that is the little company called Boeing, massive company called Boeing, made a public commitment to multi-cloud. If you go and read this article, what you find is they have said, look, all three clouds are fair game for our developers and make this a cloud-first strategy. They want to ensure that there are more, that take advantage of the additional tools and capabilities that exist inside of any of the clouds and actually very heavily rely on uh, digital twin technologies to be able to uh, 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 digital twin capabilities to be able to understand uh, and predict behaviors of, of any aspect of these of the aircraft. So uh, really interesting article. And like we've been saying here for a long time, multi-cloud is where it's at. Nobody's going to be a single cloud uh, user. Nobody, 99% of us will use multi-cloud. So embrace it and uh, and go check out what, what, what Boeing's up to. You can find that over on that website slash solve slash 112. All right. 
Next is a bit of news from Google. Now, Google's been having a, a data conference this week, and they have some news that they have announced a cloud-based approach that offers an open ecosystem for data sharing. Now, this is to help combat the fact that they aren't like a, a company that's been around longer, like uh, like AWS, who has tons of different data offerings. But this is to help companies utilize whatever cloud and whatever platform that they want to use uh, and be able to share data between it. Now, if you go read the article, in fact, even follow any of the things that are happening uh, at their, their data summit this week, there's some really interesting things there. But also what they've done is through this announcement, I'm scrolling down here on my notes to be able to get down to, uh, they announced a partnership between a lot of different organizations uh, and like uh, Confluent, Databricks, uh, uh, Data IQ, Deloitte, Elastic, uh, Fivetran, MongoDB, Neo4j, Redis, a bunch of others that have become a part of this this uh, this open alliance to be able to enable the data sharing. So pretty pretty cool stuff. All right, uh, with that, let's talk about what some of these cloud providers have done to uh, to enhance their their clouds this week, and that's the uh, uh, cloud announcements. So let's start with AWS. AWS's announcements is interesting, and it's an evolution of offering, like a lot of these tend to be. Uh, their IoT device management and IoT device management defender now supports monitoring devices. Uh, a device metric via the list metric value API. Now, sounds kind of heady, sounds kind of weird, uh, but it's not. The reason I called this one out and was gravitated towards it is the fact that more and more of things, just like our conversation with Akash, are being done by code. So there's an API, it's an application uh, endpoint that we can now connect to with any of our monitoring tools or our own programs and be able to be alerted or notified when something interesting happens. Interesting meaning potentially scary. So, um, so check that out. Uh, go read about that one. Now over from, from uh, Amazon, not Amazon, that was Amazon, from Azure. Azure's announcement is a public preview around capacity reservation support inside of their Kubernetes or Azure Kubernetes service. So being able to reserve capacity. Now, this is different than what you might think of in reservations on VMs. Now, reservations for VMs means I'm going to commit to use a certain amount of VM capacity and I'm going to get better pricing on it, but I'm going to, you know, agree to have that, that machine alive for the next period of time, 12 months, six months, whatever it might be. But in this case, it's around capacity containers. They are super fluid and dynamic in an appropriate environment. And so what they're doing is making sure that, uh, that, uh, companies can reserve a certain amount of capacity to be able to utilize that. So that's pretty cool. Now, Lastly, over at Google, their big announcement is retail search is now in general availability. Now, I call this one out as a GA announcement from Google simply because um, they have really done some amazing things around their retail capabilities, obviously, in helping other retailers be able to be more dynamic and more cloud native without them having to go to, let's say, a competitor like AWS and give their money to them. I know Home Depot utilizes this service uh, pretty extensively and may have been one of the flagship companies that they help uh, model it out on. But uh, but go check out what they've got in their retail capabilities as it relates specifically to the cloud. You'll be able to find this over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 112, a link to this uh, particular feature with all the documentation that exists behind it. All right, folks. So that's our cloud releases. And, uh, and that takes us lastly over to the job of the day. So we don't here at Cloud Talk Live really pitch much about Rackspace other than trying to get you to come spend more time with us 
as an employee. So our job today is uh, is this one. It has to do with the Microsoft 365 space. We have a huge offering here, and we're looking for Microsoft 365 migration engineers. Now, as a migration engineer here at Rackspace, you'll gain an in-depth knowledge of companies' businesses and be able to recommend solutions that best fit their needs utilizing course, the cutting edge technology that is Microsoft 365. So if you're an expert in the Microsoft suite, reach out to us, go over to rackspace.com slash solve slash 112. You know what else you find there? A link to that job and a whole lot of other ones. Love for you to come hang out with us. You know, I just got to present to our rookies this week. It's my favorite meeting of the month next to hanging out with you guys every day, of course. And, uh, uh, and so I'd love to see you in one of those classes. So all the audio from this, as well as just some unique programming content that goes specifically to the Cloud Talk podcast can be found uh, anywhere you find podcasts. Go subscribe. I'd love for you to subscribe. It'd make my day. Well, folks, I think that's going to about do it, except for, of course, thanking our great sponsor over at AppDynamics. Uh, if you are in software development in the cloud, then you need AppDynamics. AppDynamics leads the market in software observability and can take the complexity of cloud-native uh, applications. I was going to say a bad word right there, but I didn't do it because Daniel doesn't have the beep button for me, and uh, and and gives you visibility into the performance and behavior there, even uh, programmatic recommendations as to what to do to solve some of that stuff. So go check that out, everyone. Uh, that's going to about do it for us over here at Cloud Talk. And my video's gone away. Oh, hey, I'm back. And. Um, and so I would uh, uh, really appreciate you guys being here today. We are back next Tuesday with another program uh, with some great content for you, as well as next Thursday. Set your reminders for uh, 8.30 Central Time. We're back here almost every Tuesday and Thursday. I say almost because sometimes I've got to take a break, um, but not always. So with that, guys, I'm Jeff Diverter, the host here at Cloud Talk Live. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for Gary and Akash being a part of the program as well. And Daniel and Megan and Julie and all the people who make this happen. Thank you so much. Everyone, have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five-star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff Deverter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.